Uh, so think 1980s famous U.S. athletes, like big in the 80s. Like you would only know this person if you were alive in the 80s. I was alive in the 80s as a Canadian infant. I promise you I wasn't up on the United States Olympic athletes. You gotta guess. Um, okay. Um, like, do, no sport. We're just going to say the Olympics. Is- Gymnastics. I oh, see. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have a pretend answer, you guys. <laughs> and as listeners will know, the Olympics are my strong Speaking of being the morning started. Victory lap though. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer come what for. Train in the trees, please walk my sycamore. Touch furnace. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It's episode 21. We haven't podcast, podcast, podcasted. I think it's podcast, like broadcast, right? in three-ish weeks and a lot has happened since then but we're back we don't have a million topics to discuss which is probably good for the runtime of this podcast but we've got some interesting some important some might even say essential topics to discuss here on episode 21 of the gridiron podcast i'm nick shook if you're watching on youtube or twitch or where you should always watch us you will see to um my right is katie caldwell and below us is sean barry how we doing folks not well, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> Sean, I was waiting for Sean to answer first. What happened, Sean? Yeah, what happened, Sean? We're recording. Uh, it is December the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2023 at 1136 p.m. And Thursday night football just wrapped up. Um, were they playing football? Do we know? Like, has that been confirmed? Was, was that an actual game of American football? Because I don't know. Um, watching the Patriots and the Steelers try and do football for three and a half hours. It was atrocious. It was a horrible game. It was a horrible game of football. Uh, I mean, I sense a little Steeler bias here because he lost to the Patriots, a team that couldn't even muster more than six points in last week's loss to the Chargers. But, I mean, these teams racked up nearly 600 yards of total offense between them, but they, they couldn't convert fourth downs. I think they were seven of 28 on third down combined. Uh, something like that. Let's see. Four of 13, seven of 27. Uh, Pittsburgh, three of 14. Sean, I know you're frustrated. I can sense it. It's spilling out of you. It's oozing out of every pore like you need medical like assistance. That. Okay? And and I understand. It's all-consuming. You don't know what to do with your football team. They fired Matt Canada. You don't have a scapegoat anymore, and yet they've now lost two straight games to teams that you circled on your schedule, even as in the last month, wins, as wins. As wins. At one point, you know, I think the headlines were... Who from ESPN said, someone said the Steelers have woken up after they beat the Bengals 16 to 10. In my (laughs) mind, I know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let's pump the brakes there. You know, things looked a little bit better. They looked a little bit more lively after firing Matt Canada. You're right. There's no scapegoat right now, but we don't need one. I, I think there's 53 of them, and they can each look at themselves in the mirror and go, what can I do to get better? Because what I just witnessed was a team that is in the process of giving up that hasn't given up, but it is in the process of giving up. You have Deontay Johnson and George Pickens sulking on the sideline. You've got guys shaking their heads and the play calling is still atrocious. 
And I knew that wasn't going to change overnight just because you, you know, hire an interim off, or I'm sorry, interim offensive coordinators. You have an offensive coordinator and then you have a play caller. Yeah. I knew this I wasn't going to change overnight because the playbook is still the same. It's still the same crappy playbook. So this is going to take a lot of time to rectify. Hopefully the offseason is enough. But what we just witnessed was, I mean, absolutely atrocious. The Patriots did everything in their power to give the game to the Steelers. And the Steelers were like, nah, fam, we're good. We're good. Katie is reveling in your disappointment right now. <laughs> I just, I said to you guys at the very beginning, I'm like, I don't even think I have it in me to turn this game on. Neither did I, but I, I had to. You understand I had to. Well, I, I do. I, I couldn't believe when we first were talking about it, you said, no, I'm not watching. I'm giving my dog a bath <laughs> while your favorite team is playing on primetime. <laughs> it's like washing just, the dishes. I had it on for a bit just because we were doing the pod tonight. I'm only so strong of a woman. I had to change the channel. I How painful was that? You I, Like Mitch Trubisky just had... And I'm not here to dunk on Mitch. He's doing his best. No, please. Everybody's do, doing their best. It. Dunk on Mitch. It was such a tough watch. And you have the crowd just chanting for Mason Rudolph of his, as if he's going to come in and just be a miracle worker. <laughs> it, Again, I, Mason's like, just, nah, I'm not good. nearly I'm, I'm as good, good right as here. the record. Everybody yeah. knows that. They're, they're just, this was like a clash of two very painful teams to watch. And I just had zero interest in putting Thursday Night Football on. Although, people One of these teams, Katie, was supposed to have woken up. Yeah, allegedly. I didn't have that much faith. People dunk on Al Michaels on Twitter for how he just (laughs) doesn't have it in him for a lot of these games. And, like, I respect the hustle. I love it so much. I love watching Al just grind through these games (laughs) because he's seen it all. And, like, this was a really painful watch. And I couldn't get through the whole thing. But... Yeah, what a gift it must be being a Steelers fan right now, Sean. Uh, more like a lump of coal as we head into the <laughs> holiday season. I'll tell you this. I was eating dinner, and we had the uh, game on, and my girlfriend goes, are they even going to talk about like the game anymore? Because there was like a five-minute period yeah. where they just had the camera on Bill Belichick. Will he be back? <laughs> Won't he be back? Will he be traded? Will he be fired? Uh, will he go to a TV booth or something? Where they missed a punt and a first down. The they punt come was back. fumbled. It was muffed too. It was and Calvin they come Austin back, muffed it. And it's now second and four. I'm like, I just wait. They punted. I missed the punt and I missed the. They didn't. They didn't show it because they were just talking about Bill Belichick because that's all they had to do towards the end of the first half because nothing was happening. Yeah, the funniest part about that was they launched into that with like 30 seconds left in the half. And it was like, there's definitely not enough space to discuss this thoroughly. And Kirk's like trying to jump in, and he's like. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, there's a lot to discuss here, but uh, I guess we'll get after it after halftime because the half is over. <laughs> it's, I'd like to, you know what? Drink to forget. Drink to forget. Cheers. So here's Here. the thing, Sean. Um, last week, you could have blamed the loss of the Cardinals on the three weather delays. Like that made a lot of sense. And the week prior when they beat the Bengals, it was Jake Browning's first start. And you're like, okay, well, they won. They fired their offensive coordinator. Maybe things are looking a little bit better, but you knew deep down they weren't any better. But this, this is unexplainable. Mitch Trubisky throws a horrid interception. The Patriots quickly go up 14 to three. I get home from the gym. It's 21 to three. I'm like, what? This is going to be a runaway win for a team. No, that I will say five uh, points. Bailey Zappi's third touchdown of the night was on a rope 
to Hunter Henry and was just just wow, chef's kiss. Like you you couldn't throw a better football. Like Demonte Kazi was in the perfect position. Logic says you don't throw that football because the safety can come over the top. And I mean that ball was just perfectly placed. Like seriously, like I, I don't want to take anything away from Bailey Zappi on that touchdown drive alone. But after that, again, Pittsburgh was given every opportunity to come back into this game. And you're right, Nick. It is absolutely inexcusable. Let me read you a quote from the Mike Tomlin press conference that just happened, by the way, because he was asked, you know, how confident is he this team can bounce back? And he said, quote, this is what we do. This is who we are. True. But what are you talking about? Are you talking about the team that just lost back to back two win teams? Or are you talking about a team that can turn things around in December? Because right now I'm not seeing a team that can turn anything around. I'm seeing a team that doesn't even believe in itself. And that's part of the problem because in the back of my mind, is Mike Tomlin starting to lose the locker room? Oh, and that's what I worry about when you said they were mm. giving up. And this, this is, is who never we are. This is what we do. 500. I don't, I don't know if anyone in that locker room right now believes that that is who they are and this is what they can do, meaning they can turn things around because it just looks bleak right now. I think when your two offensive weapons at receiver are sulking through multiple games, like like three games now, uh, you have a problem. You have a quarterback problem because you don't have a Ben Roethlisberger to cover up all the problems, all the ugliness within your roster. You have Kenny Pickett who can't stay healthy. You have Mitch Trubisky who cannot play adequately as a backup even though they nearly came back and won the game tonight and you have mason rudolph and we know what mason rudolph is like the, i don't want to blame i don't want to bad i don't want to blame the steelers not having a ben roethlisberger who has a ben roethlisberger a handful of teams in the league right look at all the teams that have backup quarterbacks this year or quarterbacks that are journeymen you look at baker mayfield you look at gardner Minshew. you look at jake browning you look at Bailey Zappi for one half of football. You look at all these guys that are finding success in the backup role and teams that are finding mm. success in the backup role. For the love of God, Cleveland has Joe Flacco starting at quarterback and we they're still in the playoff spots. Like, for, don't, don't come to me and say, well, it's because they don't have a Ben Roethlisberger. No one does. And everyone's banged up right now. Like, the quarterback matchups this week are going to be insane. In a bad way. Uh, I mean, you don't have a Joe Flacco. Well, <laughs> well. That's... You don't have a Joe Flacco. You don't have. I don't wish an I did right now. Yeah, I know. I think the Jets do too. Actually, this kind of reminds me of the Jets in that they went to Tim Boyle just because Zach Wilson wasn't any good, and then they realized Tim Boyle sucks. They go to Trevor Simeon. They realize he sucked. Now they're going back to Zach Wilson. Like the pay, or the cool. the Steelers are kind of close to that. But Sean, I got to say, and this is going to upset you, but I have to say this: as Bailey Zappi threw his second touchdown pass in the first half, the first one to Hunter Henry, in my head, all I could think of was when we went back to training camp preview. And we did the AFC East, and we had Greg Rosenthal, friend of the show, on the podcast. And you you hit him with a one-liner for the ages. Are you are you a fan of the Mac attack, or does Zappy make you happy? And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> Zappy's making the Patriots happy tonight, folks. And then in the second half, he turned back into a pumpkin. Yeah, because that's who he is. And, and I mean, if you watched the game last week, you knew what to, what to expect. That's why it was so shocking that he was able to find success early. Look, I, to, the silver lining of this is that Bill Belichick's defense has done this to a lot of quarterbacks this season, right. um, uh, spanning different levels of ability. Justin Herbert and the Chargers put six points on the board last week. Luckily, that was enough to win. Um, sorry, Katie, your team. The that Stick a fork in the Chargers, by the way. <laughs> that, that also is a good segue. Oh, we'll get into that. Else, yeah, if you have anything <laughs> else to add, we're going to talk about teams that have forks lodged deeply within them. 
But Sean, do you have anything else to wrap up your your dis? It is gruesome. <laughs> a lot of these seasons are gruesome for some of these teams. Uh, anything else to add to your Steelers losing a, a in an upset fashion to a team that has no business winning games? It's fire Canada. That that's it. Fire Canada. Well, unfortunately, that already happened. All right, we will transition to instead of doing um, winners and losers, we've missed a few weeks, and frankly, we're at the point in the season now where the losers are the losers with records like there's so many losers yeah like we're it's separation time in the nfl contenders from pretenders uh, a lot of the losers are have already been resigned to their fate so instead of doing um winners and losers this week or from the last few weeks sean came up with a fantastic idea let's talk hot seats whose butt's getting real warm right now who in the nfl I have an idea and we can do this on the fly or we can just do what we originally thought and just, you know, guess whether or not a coach will have a seat next week or next year. I would like to do it 12 Angry Men style. I would like to propose a name. Someone says why they will have a seat next year and someone says why they will not have a seat next year. All right. Well, cue up the fire. The hot seat's cooking. (laughs) Let's go, Sean. Start it off. Oh, uh, hold on. Uh, there we go. There we go. And now we're if you're if you have a strobe sensitivity, Sean, that now that has to go immediately. Okay. <laughs> Too many dang buttons on this remote. Uh, For right. those wa- not watching on YouTube or Twitch, apparently I Sean's have a rave Christmas, Christmas tree. tree has a rave setting where it just flashes like crazy and makes me very uncomfortable. All right, we're going to start off here. On the coaching hot seat carousel, first up, Nick, you are going to tell me why this person will have a job next year. Katie, you are going to tell me why this person will not have a job next year. What you if guys I don't ready? believe they will? I mean, even yeah, a defense attorney for this needs to represent his client, Nick. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Honestly, if you why don't think I'm they're going to have agent. a job, just tell me. It's okay. First All up right. on the chopping block, it's Matt Eberfluss. Good luck, Nick. Godspeed. Why, did, why will he have a job? Oh, uh, God. Um, because the Bears. And, that's, and have... that's all you need to know about Matt Eberflus. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel like if you've watched the Chicago Bears, you've seen enough. I just think he's likely done. I'm so uninspired by this team. Josina Anderson reported this week that the Bears are expected to have interest in Eric Bieniemy, which I'm sure we'll talk about that team later. But. Yeah, if you've watched a Bears game, I just, it's such a mess. It's so discombobulated. I don't know what the situation is going to be with Justin Fields. I'm just very sad whenever I watch the Bears. So, uh, yeah, something's going to change. Bears. Can, I, can I chime in on the Fields thing real quick? Um, because before you even give your approval, I'm just going to launch right into it. He had a two-game stretch where he looked awesome, and then he got hurt. And he has not looked good since he's been back. There are a lot of issues with this offense. The offensive line is number one. Number two is the fact they can't get the running game going, and the receivers don't get open. But when things kind of work, they usually work like way better than they should. And I think a lot of that is due to Justin Fields. And I think that they are going to split with him, much like they're going to split with their coach and potentially their GM. But I think there's a really nice home for him down in Georgia where the Falcons could use somebody like that, and the Bears are going to look like idiots for moving on from him. Keep an eye on that. I just... He's going to have a really nice second act in his career when he's in the right situation. And 
and the Bears are going to end up with egg on their face for moving on from it. And, I and agree. Good luck to Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback they draft. My God, Nick, it's not going to be any better. I agree with you. I I, I agree with you, Katie. I think Matt Eberflus is gone. I mean, he he literally is like the epitome of a lame duck coach, like a dead man walking mm-hmm. at this point. And I agree with you, Nick. Like, I, I want to see more of Justin Fields. I keep I, – there's this – feeling in the pit of my gut that we just haven't seen enough of him like we know what he is kind of but like I still don't know what he can be and that's what I'm interested to find out next up Katie you are against this man Nick you are for wait sorry I don't mean to interrupt you but Coley (laughs) sent me this earlier and it's great and I would share it on the screen but I can't send it in time for this to happen so Eberflus did a press conference today per usual Thursday and they're the teams live stream it and somebody was live streaming it on I think either TikTok or Instagram live and there's Coley sent me a screenshot of somebody chiming in in the chat live that says, "Enjoy your last few weeks in Chicago, you pud whacker." <laughs> oh man, that guy's about to get jiggle bagged. <laughs> What's the role in the show? <laughs> you can pud whack, but never get jiggle bagged. All right, Sean. Next, thing. he's gonna have fun at the Kinturbi Duckin'. <laughs> Doesn't everyone, except for when the horses right. die? We Next up, oh, Katie, <laughs> you are against this man. Nick, you are for this man. Falcons coach, Arthur Smith. Uh, you go, Nick. I'm for Arthur Smith. Um, he has, in back-to-back seasons, coached them to seven and ten finishes. And if you look at their That's record right him. now, listen, they have had a less than full cupboard. Right now, they're in first place in the NFC South, the dreadful NFC South at six and six. And if Desmond Ritter can play just good enough, they just might win the division. And if they win the division, they can't fire their coach, no matter how bad they are, no matter how much their philosophy of team building and execution does not work. If they stay in the playoff race all the way to the end and make it interesting, I have a hard time thinking that he'll be gone, even if I think that he should be gone. Well, and to play the opposite card of that, because it's this division, if you don't win this unbelievably pathetic division, I understand why that's cause for firing right there. I have questions about how he's used some of his players. Many people have talked about that. And I don't even have any of them on my fantasy teams, where a lot of them I feel like is kind of unfairly put on him because of their fantasy numbers. But especially because he's supposed to be such an offensive mastermind. Personally, I'm just at a point in my journey where I would love to see what someone else could do with this roster. Okay. I think we flip-flopped there because, Nick, you were supposed to say why he was going to be fired, and Katie, you were supposed to say why what? he was going to be Yeah, we kind of <laughs> no, flip-flopped well, now there. That's we can, okay, we can though. Both valid us. arguments. Uh, I'm going to rule in favor of Nick. I think he will be gone. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, Katie. I'm yeah, now I got flip-flopped. I'm ruling in favor of Katie. I believe Arthur Smith will be gone, even if they do win the division, because, man, what are you doing down there in Atlanta? Let's uh, head a little bit further south into my neck of the woods. Todd Bowles on the hot seat. All right. Uh, what are the Bucks now? Five and eight? Five and seven? Five and seven. Sitting, seven. Five and seven. Nick, why will Todd Bowles be in Tampa next year? Okay, so I'm sticking on this side. Um, Same thing as the Falcons. If they can find a way... Okay, actually, he will be there because he made a great hire in Dave Canales, who I think has done wonders with an offense that has not... A lot of people down here would disagree with you, Nick. Yeah, well, they don't understand what the deck they're dealing with right now. They had to rebuild their offensive line. They got a rookie playing guard in Cody Mock. Um, They haven't been able to run the ball for most of the season. They've started to figure out how to run the ball in the last couple weeks. It has helped their offense. Baker Mayfield's playing some of the best football he's played since 2018 or 2020. Um, And all that's credit to Dave Canales. 
even if most of it just looks like deep shots to Mike Evans, um, I think he's worked magic with a team that would be a lot worse if he was not offensive coordinator. And credit goes to Todd Bowles for making that hire. The defense has not lived up to expectation on a consistent basis. This team has just been generally inconsistent. But uh, if they are able to win the division, which if I had to pick out of any of these teams, it's probably, God, I feel don't feel confident in any of them. I can't say that truthfully about any of them. I'm just going to let the <laughs> chaos ensue. Uh, if they win the division, he'll stick around because I don't think that there's like, I, they're not going to get rid of Jason Light and the GM. And and I just don't, like Bowles doesn't inspire me. It reminds me a lot of how he went out in New York, but they're in contention for a division. And it's hard to argue with that considering all the circumstances of losing Tom Brady and having to try to remake your roster and everything else. So I feel like he'll be there. If they win the division, Katie, why will Todd Bowles not be in Tampa next year? Oh, uh, see, this is why I struggle with this exercise just changing on the fly because I, I think he will be. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm shocked that he's on so many hot seat lists. I think he's going to be fine. Like I get what people are saying. I just think it's a little early. I'm a fan of Todd Bowles, though. So <laughs> Sean, what you are You're covering? You're a terrible this prosecutor, team. Katie. I understand that. Actually, no, I would be a very good prosecutor, but it, I have to believe in the cause. Okay, Elwood. Is it is it, is it is it the glasses? Yeah, it's, is that it's why you'd be glasses. a good prosecutor. It's the Elwood's persona, the glasses. <laughs> She's like the little right like. Yeah. Actually, according to Title Seven, Section Three, Note Two, you were in violation of the law. Well, and you or guys know I used to work in law, right? I was before I went back to sports school. No, I did not know that. Yeah, learned something new every day. Oh. What, like it's hard? Touche. <laughs> Touche. Uh, Sean, you cover think... this team. Give us your Todd Bowles thoughts because you're closer to the situation than we are. I'm really up in the air about it because there are bad losses and then there are good wins. Um, at the same time, like you said, Nick, Jason Light's not going anywhere, so I don't think Todd Bowles will either. I mean, you're asking a man to go out and win a division with Baker Mayfield and uh, you know a questionable offense, a questionable team. This The defense was supposed to be the bread and butter this year. It has not been, and they have had a lot of injuries. Jamel Dean, Levante David, Devin That's White why. have all been banged up. Injuries have been a problem on this defense. But here's the thing. Even when... The defense has been healthy. It has been at times subpar. Devin White, you know, bet on himself this year. Fine, I'll play out the final year of my contract after requesting a trade. I'm going to show you that you owe me money. I'm going to show other NFL teams what I'm worth. Talk about fumbling a bag. Oh my goodness. He is playing himself into a less and less of a contract every time he touches the field, unfortunately for him. But I don't know if any of that is Todd Bowles' fault. So I don't know what the future holds. If I had to guess, I would think that he will still be here next year. Yeah, if they win the division. If you look if at they, their schedule. If they, if they falter down the stretch, then he will be gone. They have one bad loss, and it's Atlanta. Like Philly, Detroit, Buffalo, Houston, San Francisco, and even Indianapolis. Those are all understandable losses. Yeah, Nick, but the way the, way the team was talking, the way the city was talking when they played those games, they fully expected to compete and maybe even beat Philadelphia. They fully expected to yeah, compete and, they're idiots and for that. beat with the Lions or beat the Lions. They're idiots and for that. They showed that they are still class below them. Yeah. So, but that's the I don't know. Class. This one, this is a tricky one. Like this is that's flip a coin. This is one of the tricky Z. ones. So, I'm happy uh, we're getting this division out of the way because I feel we have a hung jury like here. 
it could go either way with any of these coaches yeah. simply because the division is so bad and somebody technically has to win it. Yeah. I and declare a mistrial. Exactly. Speaking of this division, I had Frank Reich on here when I made this list originally, but he's already been fired. So I was correct about him. I thought he would be fired. So great job. He's, he's yeah, gone. we should also uh, add that two coaches have already been fired. So, you know, just keep that Frank in mind. Reich. And who's the second one? Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. That happened a while ago, though. Uh, all right. Let's stay in the division. Uh, Dennis Allen up in New Orleans. Now Lins. Uh Nick, why will Dennis Allen be fired? Uh, because he never should have been hired in the first place. Uh, his tenure with the Raiders and Derek Carr should have told you everything you needed to know about how it was going to go in New Orleans. I think that the Saints made a knee-jerk decision to hire the defensive coordinator that worked under Sean Payton because they wanted to maintain and preserve consistency, and all it's gotten them is average at best play. They've changed quarterbacks. The results have not been much better. Derek Carr is coming on as of late, but that defense is not as good as it was in recent years, and that's supposed to be his bread and butter. And they're just kind of a team that's just floating out there right now. And on a week-to-week basis, I don't know who I'm going to get. Am I going to get a team that goes toe-to-toe with the Lions after falling behind early, or am I going to get a team that sucks against the Falcons? I don't know. And if I don't know, that should tell you everything you need to know about the coach and his situation. So, so long, Dennis Allen. We'll see you when we see you. Understood. Katie, when or why will Dennis <laughs> Allen stay in New Orleans? See, this is why I suck at being a prosecutor in this exercise, because I just I think he is an outstanding defensive coordinator, but I just don't think he's cut out to be a head coach in my heart of hearts. Okay, you're and it's supposed really to be hard. defending him right now, Katie. I understand that. I, but when I watch this counselor, team, like counselor, I understand. I just lost my job at the law firm in the last 10 minutes because when I watch the Saints, they too just make me feel a bit like underwhelmed. There are bright spots sometimes, but overall, I just don't think that he's cut out to be a head coach in the National Football League. You know what Katie wouldn't be good at uh, in the court of law? Defense uh, attorney. Defense attorney, yeah, for yes. real, like a public. Katie would be assigned a, a prosecutor or a, what heinous a mass murderer, attorney. and she'd go in there and just be like, I'm not even going to plead insanity. This guy just deserves to be locked up regardless. Put him <laughs> like away. He, he tells her, like, attor- attorney-client uh, privilege. He's like, yeah, I killed all those people. She walks into the court. He murdered all of them. <laughs> Counselor, that's your defendant. Don't care. <laughs> I feel what I feel, okay? <laughs> I'm paid by the state, and I'm saving you tax dollars by cutting to the chase. For Let's real. move on. Sorry, right. I'm an honest woman. All right. Uh, Katie, you will like this one now. This one okay? I feel like I might have some feelings about. <laughs> so, Katie, tell me, why will Brandon Staley stay? In I'm kidding. Why will Brandon Staley be fired next year? This oh, is your team. Go for it. I can't, well, will and should are two different things, but okay, kids, let me just start. I've been honking about this since January 8th of last season when he played as starters in a meaningless game and both Mike Williams and Joey Bosa left the game. I've talked about this before. My feelings have only solidified. The next week, they're up 27-0 on the Jags and they find a way to lose that game in the playoffs. Okay, fine. In theory, you learn from that. Well, the Chargers are 5-7 and and they look like one of the worst teams in the entire league. Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach. Well, I'm sorry, your defense looks awful and Justin Herbert's prime years are being wasted with this defense at this this rate in the season it's a total write-off you have kellen moore sitting there so why not see what you have in him you're not making the playoffs i'm sorry 
why not see what you have and then reevaluate in the offseason who you're going to move forward with? I'm just, I'm so frustrated watching this team. After the game against the Packers, he snapped on reporters and said, you can stop asking that question. I'm going to be calling the defense. It's okay, so we're clear. And they're asking legit questions. And if you go into a press conference knowing that you're going to be bombarded with the same questions, like when do you start to look internally? And when do people higher up go, okay, maybe this isn't working. We've tried, we've tried, and we've tried. Defense is supposed to be the name of his game, and their defense looks like ass. So why, why are we doing this? I rest my case. <laughs> Heard, uh, uh, Counselor Nick, uh, uh, why will he off, stay in Los Angeles? Uh, may I approach the bench and just give some um, respect and appreciation for how she handled that single shot there? You may, was, yes. I yes. was anxious the whole time. I never want to be put in a single shot. I like looking at you guys <laughs> when I'm speaking. That's why we enjoy doing it to you, just because it's fun. Not many people um, look like, like looking at Nick either. It, wow. Thanks, That's John. Mean. Jesus. Katie didn't defend me either. Again, bad defense attorney. Uh, <laughs> I just came to your defense. That's uh, mean. Okay. She didn't say I do. She just said Nick, that's why mean. Will, why will Brandon Staley uh, be the Chargers at coach uh, next year? Because the Spanos family is not quick to make decisions unless it's Marty Schottenheimer. May he rest in peace being the head coach of a 14-2 and two team that can't get to the Super Bowl. Um I thought he was going to get fired after last year, um, and he needed to prove that he was worth the job this year, and they just haven't. So why will he be there? Uh, because the co- wow, that is loud. The coaching market um, kind of sucks, if we're being completely honest. The, the candidates are not as strong as they were in the last few years. I, for one, have looked at some of these openings and not been able to be like, oh, well, who are they going to bring in? Like, I don't know. Like, Lou Anarumo was the hot name a month and a half ago, the defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's kind of faded. Like, there's just not the D'Amico Ryans out there right now. There's just, there's no Mike McDaniel out there right now that I can think of. Maybe Bobby Slowick, the OC in, in Houston, but he's kind of new to that role too. So they don't make a move because they realize that whatever's out there is not any better. Is it the right move to do that? Absolutely not. They should definitely fire him. He is not a good head coach. They are going nowhere. And as Katie said, they're wasting Justin Herbert's talent, but sometimes a change just for change's sake makes you the New York jets. And I don't know if you want to be that. Truer words have never been spoken. I think the lasting image of Brandon Staley's tenure with the Los Angeles Chargers will be that week 18 game two years ago when Derek Carr just looks right into the sky camera, smiles, calls a timeout in overtime to kick the game-winning field goal and eliminate the Chargers and send the Raiders to the playoffs when they both could have gone to the playoffs. And then afterwards, Justin Herbert's like, were you going for the tie? Yeah, we were going for the tie. Yeah. That is the lasting image of Brandon Staley's tenure in Los Angeles. I, too, believe he will be gone. Uh, moving on to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, Ron Rivera. Nick, why will Ron Rivera be the head coach of the Washington yet-to-be-named team next year? Uh, probably because the market sucks, like I just said, but also because um, Sam Howell has – 
not been perfect, but has shown enough to believe that he can be the future. And Ron was the guy that went with him when people like me were like, why are you going with Sam Howe? Uh, the defense has been bad. I can't make a strong case to keep him because that's supposed to be his thing. And they've been bad. They gave up. Well, like they've gotten rid of half of their defense. Yeah, they were bad before they got rid of their two edge rushers. Uh, and I, this was going to be a big test of a year. Basically, coach for your job year as soon as the ownership changed. And and oftentimes, when owners do change, they bring in their own guy. They change the uniforms if you're in Cleveland. They do a number of different things. They're David Tepper and hire and fire two different coaches within the span of a, of a year. I mean, uh, he didn't hire Matt Rule last year, but you know he fired him, then fired Frank Reich before the end of his first year. So... It's going to be tough to make this case, um, but if they look around and think there's nobody better and maybe we give him one more shot, that's probably the best way he sticks around. Or they go on a hot streak down the year, but they looked really bad last week against Miami, and and that's kind of a game where you could save your job with a win, and they've lost four straight, and they play the Rams, Jets, Niners, and Cowboys, and I think they lose three of those last four, oof, and they finish like 5-12, and 12 and he's gone. So I, I try to make a case, but I'm, I'm an honest man, much like Katie's an honest woman, and I just can't. Katie, do you need to even say more? Will Riverboat Ron be in D.C. next year? Well, I just I think his time in Washington is almost up and I feel bad. I genuinely like who he is as a person. I don't know him personally, but he's just someone that I've always really been cheering for. And he's had a really tumultuous situation to deal with there with all of the different quarterbacks that have gone through the whole situation with Dan Snyder. I don't even like saying that name, but like Nick said, the team is just kind of bad. There's new ownership. I like, I think everything or everyone will be looking for a fresh start. And when you have Eric Bianami there, I've been excited for years to see him st- step into a head coaching role. And I just think, why wouldn't you? He's been integrated in this team. It's a very obvious next step up. I would like Ron Rivera to have a bit more time, but I just, I don't see it. I agree. I don't think he'll be there next year. I, I too root for him, but I think his time is just come and gone. And, and that's, okay. It's gonna that's be, okay. I don't think it's going to be Eric Bieniemy either. I don't think he's actually no? had a good, a good enough year as an offensive coordinator. To be, I agree. Yeah. I, I think, he also I think, I think rubbed he, a lot Eric of players Bien-Ami. the wrong way early in the in training camp with the way he coached. He, he, he um, might have uh, worked himself out of a job at this point. Yeah, forward. he might have taken a step. It's either a lateral step or a step backward. I don't think he's done good enough. I, I, it makes sense on paper, but I just don't see. I think if they change, they change everybody. Moving a little bit farther up north in the Metroplex that is the east coast of the United States, Robert Sala for the New York Jets. Nick, why won't Robert Sala be in New York, New Jersey next year? Nice, nice. The Meadowlands, the swamp, East Rutherford, uh, where all there is is a stadium and a big shopping mall. It's too big for the area. <sighs> he His tenure with the Jets was built with excuses to keep him around because they didn't have a quarterback and their defense has played really well. And that's his forte. But the way they have bungled the quarterback situation this year by putting all their chips in the center of the table on Aaron Rodgers, getting four plays out of him. And then thinking that Zach Wilson was just going to be a better quarterback by the process of osmosis has put them in such a bad place that they cannot put any points on the board and they're almost unwatchable. They've now gone through four starting quarterbacks well, Trevor Simeon came in, in the middle of a the game and proved that he wasn't even worth one start. Now they're going to go back to Zach Wilson. It's a disaster there. And for as tough as they talked going into the year, I understand they lost Rodgers and they lost their mojo, but they have been a pretty ugly operation since then. 
And I think that reflects poorly on the coach. So no matter how well the defense is playing, which has been playing lights out, um, that they've been asked to do too much, and it's just not a good team. On paper, they're better than they have been playing. And some of that reflects on the coach. I think he's been a bad CEO as a head coach, and that's why they could make changes. And if they make changes, the, the GM's got to be included because they were put in this position in part by the GM, who did not go get a good backup quarterback, who went and got Aaron Rodgers' friend and Tim Boyle and said Zach Wilson's there just in case. And they're paying that price. And I think the ultimate price that they could pay is losing all their jobs. Katie, why will Robert Sala stay with the Jets? I'm a fan of him, but yeah, like Nick said, like the handling of that quarterback situation just baffles me. This offense is just dysfunctional and unwatchable and what a waste of a great defense, again, like Nick said. But Aaron Rodgers seems to like him. It seems like they've got a good relationship, so that could tie into it depending on what the Rodgers situation looks like. If the dolphin humping music helps mm. heal his Achilles. A sweet sound. <laughs> oh That's like that experiment where that woman lived in that partially flooded house and like apparently engaged in like intimacy with the dolphin, if there's a good way to say it. You guys ever hear yeah, about we that? We have experiment? gone way off the rails here. Uh, Katie, I, I hear your argument. Yeah, I think Robert Sala will still be with the Jets next year. Aaron Rodgers signed with this team, and he has the power as a four-time MVP to say, here's who I want in power, here's who I want in place, and Robert Sala is probably part of that picture. You can't blame Robert Sala for trying out everything. Like It is his job to turn over every rock to see what he can do to make this team work. If not this year, then next year. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with Zach Wilson or with Tim Boyle or with Trevor Simi. Like You're just not going to. It's not going to happen. But with Aaron Rodgers next year, and now that you've figured out what you can and can't do, maybe, yes, you can win a Super Bowl. Uh, so that's why I think Robert Sala will stay. At the same point, before you go, Nick, real quick, at the same time, uh, anyone look up Tim Boyle's college stats? Yeah, they're bad. Eight touchdowns, 13 interceptions with two different teams. He doesn't belong in the NFL. He's he in is in the pitch. NFL He's... because he knows Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And by the way, somebody's got to pay for this nightmare. And I think Oof. it should be Nathaniel Hackett. Probably. Yeah. That is I the agree. firing that I feel most confident about, even if he yes. is Aaron Rodgers' buddy. All right. Uh, I included this name on the list. And since I included it... Um, I thought, no way this is going to happen. Now I'm thinking, man, it might happen. Is uh, it Kevin Stefanski? Because I was Kevin blown Stefanski. away with that. Why is I, he on there? Because at the beginning of the season, his name was on the hot seat list. Now it might not be. Um, I feel silly for putting it on there. But real quick, Nick, just obviously, I don't think Kevin Stefanski is going anywhere. But why, why shouldn't he be fired? Well, you're putting Katie in a bad spot because she's just Yeah, saying, I have no answer. Yeah, no let, let me, Katie, let me, not, let me Katie, take, let me take the why. Give you, Katie, I'm not even going to give you the, the, the okay, rebuttal here. Let me give you both sides, though, Sean, because I think okay, there's an interesting element. Like. I, I came to this realization while watching them lose but the be Rams. Fair, hey, be, be fair. At the beginning of the season, he was firmly on the, the, the pretty warm seat. And a lot of it depended on how Deshaun Watson played. And Deshaun Watson got hurt twice. So you have the mulligan there. But the mulligan for last season was Deshaun Watson not being available to play because of a suspension, which you knew going into the season. The reason that I think it's still in play is when I watched the Browns lose the Rams last week while I was wrapping Bridget's gifts before she came home as she dances to my left over here. Um, I came to the realization that they might be the 2021 Cardinals. If you remember that team, they started off as one of the best teams in football. They were like 10 and three. Yep. They finished 11 and six. 
they blew a complete tire down the stretch and spun out into the playoffs and got dominated by the Rams who went on to win the Super Bowl. That's how their season ended. And it looked like a mess of a team, like a team that didn't believe that it could win by the end of the year. And I'm not saying that that's the Browns because they've, Kevin Stefanski has done a remarkable job of keeping them afloat with all these quarterback changes. I mean, they've, they've started four different guys now. I mean, it's the fact that they have a winning record is, is a, an incredible achievement, and he's really coached them up in certain situations to get guys open. DTR back there, P.J. Walker back there. He's done a good job, but he's also single-handedly got them into losing positions with getting too cute as a play caller. I've railed against this for much of the year. You know it's going to happen. It didn't happen last week, but every other game pretty much prior to that, there's an instance or two where he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and makes a bad call, and it directly hurts the Browns' chances of winning games. So if they blow a tire like the Cardinals did, let's say they win one more game against the Jets, and they finish 8-9, and nine, then it's very much a possibility. They're just not there yet. So like Katie said, why is he on the list? Well, right now, you know, they're 7-5. and five. they got to start winning some football games. If they do that, then this is a nonsensical topic. But if they blow the tire like I worry that they might, then it could very much be in play. I'm just asking questions. All right, let's do a little bit of a lightning round, if you guys don't mind. Uh, so I'm just going to throw out some names. I want a safe or a fired. Okay, you ready? Yep. I love how this show is just being reproduced on the fly. It's a podcast. Producer Katie. We do whatever we want. Yeah, this All is right, my Katie. Favorite. Producer Paralegal Katie. <laughs> yes, Sean. Bill Belichick. I said the name. Oh, I didn't hear you. you got to um, pay attention. Come on now. I think his, no, my his seat is scorching hot. Scorching? So fired or safe? Oh, fired. Between the poor roster construction Whoa. and how bad they've looked on the field, I think the time is over. And I'm surprised by that because I always thought he'd retire Whoa. a Patriot. I think his. I think he's gone. Oh, okay, Nick. Fired or safe? Bill Belichick. Safe. You don't get rid of Tom Landry unless you make an ownership change like like the Cowboys did with Jerry Jones. Um a reckoning could be coming, but winning tonight might have gone a long way to save his job. Um, they look like the better coach team tonight against Mike Tomlin's team, and um, they so that often happen was sorely needed. So safe right. for now. Brian Dable, Nick fired or safe? Safe. They lost their quarterback. Um, they I feel like we've been saying this about a lot of coaches, though. Like we're using the quarterback as a scapegoat, which goes to valid, what I said valid, beyond valid or excuse. before we even started this conversation with look at all the quarterback matchups we have. So many backup quarterbacks who are finding some modicum of success. Modicum um, of I don't know if that sticks with Brian Dable, though. I think his time in New York might be up. Katie, well, fired or safe? The, the passing Paisano has something to say uh, about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think his seat is very warm, but I think it's still too soon based on the bump that he had last season to this season. I think they'll give him at least one more or halfway through, whichever. But very warm, but don't think he's fired yet. All right. Let's stay in the great Empire State. Katie, Sean McDermott, fired or safe? See, we can't lightning round this. There's so much to talk about Sean McDermott, especially especially today. Can we not lightning round this one? Can we talk you about can, this one? Because I have some real Go as real long feelings. as you'd like. Go as long as you'd like. I think his seat is very hot. And that is before the news today about uh, the 2019 training camp, um, him referencing the terrorists on 9-11 and how they were great to get on the same page and orchestrate the attacks. It, all of it makes me uncomfortable to speak about and I'm not even an American. But um, I do think his seat is very hot. He's 
he's a coach that finds new and creative ways to lose big games. A lot of it is on the defensive side and injuries. I know, I know they lost Matt Milano. Like they've lost some big key pieces. Teams deal with that. Their defense is simply failing them. I think he's a good coach, but something there isn't working. And he's someone that seems to really play the blame game. And I think he's running out of places to point the finger. There's a lack of aggression. There's a lack of accountability Nick, you said it, this team's not fun to watch. And this roster, when I look at it on paper, I don't think it should be a painful watch. Something is broken with this team and the window is closing. And I don't think right now is time for complacency when you have this roster. That's fair. Um, I think his seat's very hot too because you're six and six and this is a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. And they have not gotten out of their way um, in many regards. They fired their offensive coordinator, got a little bit better, um, lost to Denver. Uh, that's an ugly loss, even though Denver has been coming on strong as of late. Uh, they beat the Jets. They lose to the Eagles in a heartbreaker. They go into the bye at the perfect time. But like the, the remaining schedule sucks. Like Kansas City, Dallas, the Chargers, yeah. the Patriots, the Dolphins. They win two out of those five, and they're eight and nine. Like eight and nine is so far away from where we had them at like 13 wins in the preview that we did prior to the season. Um, so a lot has gone wrong. And if they have played like a team that's out of sorts to the point where like they don't follow their coach through the door anymore. So like reading all that report today kind of made sense where I was like, Oh, maybe he had lost the locker room and it does kind of show. And if he did and they finished eight and nine, it's very much a possibility, which is crazy because they just signed extensions, him and Brandon Bean. And, and it's a weird spot. Speaking of, of uh, our chat, uh, lemon bendy, loyal viewer and listener just tuned in said, you all think McDermott is just about finished, right? Uh, yeah. They don't win the majority of the remaining games because they got to get in the playoffs to do this job. I really do. You don't, if they don't make the playoffs, he's gone. Plain and simple, he's gone. Complete overhaul, changing in philosophy and everything else because you have a franchise quarterback. You've got a superstar receiver. You've got a defense that should be good enough. Yeah, you lost some guys, but they are not achieving near anywhere near the level they should be at right now, and that reflects poorly on the coach. It would just be a crazy outcome, but we've had crazy things happen before. So I think it's very, very warm, as warm as these lights behind me. You know, I, I have to agree with you. And Katie, you, you said something that made a lot of sense to me. He keeps pointing the finger. He reminds me in a way of, and I know, Katie, you don't watch a lot of college football, but Nick, you might get the reference of Brian Kelly. He likes to point the finger a lot, and he is widely recognized as a very funny story. I actually met him today, Brian Kelly. Uh, he's widely regarded as a very good coach. Sean, did he have that, that fake Southern accent still or no? He did not. No, he was actually a perfect gentleman. He answered <laughs> my all my questions. Family. He was he was a great interview. <laughs> nothing, against, nothing against Brian Kelly. He was a great interview today. I got a great interview out of him. And Luke Fickle from Wisconsin at the ReliaQuest Bowl press conference. Um, but at the same Ooh. time, he, <clears throat> he is known to point the finger at his players sometime. And a lot of a lot of fans go, why are you doing that? And he seems to get away with it. So Sean McDermott kind of strikes me as that. He wins a lot of games, but he doesn't win the ones that matter the most. So that is why I also think his seat is very hot. And you're right, Nick. If they don't win a majority of their games going down the stretch, yeah, Buffalo might be looking for a new head coach. I also Although they might not want to blow it up. They might not want to blow it up. Yeah, they might want to say, yeah. let's see if we can fix it internally yeah. because we still do have a good thing going if we can fix it. So he has the clout from being the coach that got them back into the playoffs after that super long drought, and I get that. But like they also have not gotten over the hump, and they've taken a step back this year. 
And if they don't finish strong, it's going to stand as a disappointment, a massive disappointment of the season with no real reason for optimism. And, um, and at that point, you know, all the continuity that you built, what's that worth when your title window continues to shrink and shrink and shrink. And I I just, it's going to be tough. They got to win those games, man. The pressure is completely on right now. Tell you what, I've got one more name. It's not on our list, but can I, can you just humor me for one more minute? And I just want your opinions. I don't want to say for a fire. I just want your honest opinions. The podcast in grid in gridiron is intended to represent us humoring Sean, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> uh, uh, he's safe. I think he's safe. Was that is that who it was going to be? Yeah, yeah, Mike Tomlin. Of course he's safe. It's Mike Tomlin. He, he will be. I know he will be. But why should he be? Sean. Sean, why do we have to explain this to you right no, now? I, like, no, guys, guys, I'm starting to get there. In terms of coaching tiers, I have I'm him in his own Mike there. Tomlin tier. I'm starting to get there. <laughs> the Tomlin tier. The Tomlin tier. The double T. It's above you know what, one. Is it, <laughs> thank you. But at the same time, you know what the Tomlin tier is? The Tomlin tier is a tier where you haven't won a playoff game since 2016. The Tomlin oh, tier. Here we go is a tier in which you consistently play down to your opponents. The Tomlin tier is where you say, we're about to wreak havoc in December and then lose to two straight two-win teams. That's the Tomlin tier. And I have always been, ask Nick, I have always been, why are we even talking about this? His seat's not hot. He is a great coach. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I still believe that. But at the same time, when do you decide, hey, we might need to go in a different direction. It's like that moment. Do you guys watch Ted Lasso at all? your roster in a different way then. Do you, do you watch Ted Lasso at all? Yes. No. Okay. Do you, in, the, in, the, in the newest season, the final season, where Higgins walks into the office. Oh, and I'm says, not caught up. No. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> okay. Well, this isn't really a spoiler because the show's name is Ted Lasso. But anyway, Higgins <laughs> walks into the office and says, what if I'm thinking about maybe possibly making a coaching change? And uh, Henning Waddingham's character goes, do you want to fire Ted? And he's like, what about what I just said makes you think like I want to do any of that, right? That's where I'm at. I don't want Mike Tomlin to leave. I don't want to see a new head coach. But I'm getting to the point where it's, hey, why are we losing to teams that have no business beating the Steelers? Why can't the Steelers win in the postseason? Why can't they get to the postseason? Why can't they because figure it out? Because you have Mitch Trubisky and Mason At Rudolph. some point, though the finger does have to point back to the head coach. He is the head coach for a reason. And I want some accountability. I think that's all, all Steelers right, fans right. are asking well, for right now. Let's enter my confessional. Let's enter my confessional here, Sean. Your Tell sins your as sins Mike Tomlin are uh, you stuck. You were loyal to Matt Canada for too long. And okay. you and you're, that, you're allowing yeah, your. That's a demerit. Yes, and you're allowed <laughs> nice go to detention. Uh, you have your second year quarterback who's not taking a step forward, and now he's got gotten hurt, and and you can't coach around it. But and really, the biggest sin I think is allowing two disgruntled receivers to show it on the field because yep. that's not Steeler culture. But Sean, this is never going to happen. This is the Steelers; they don't make no, changes, that's fine. and that's fine. All I'm saying is there was there was like a live shot of Mike Tomlin talking to George Pickens today. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, because they didn't have mics on him, but hey, young, and you can't be doing that. You know, you got got to keep your stiff upper lip. You can't can't be showing those emotions on the field. What happens on the next set of downs? George Pickens does exactly that, shows that emotion in the end zone when the Steelers go for it on fourth and two and can't convert. He is, at some point, his message is falling on deaf ears, I'm afraid. So but one receiver's happens, frustrated feelings doesn't represent an entire locker room that you've lost. 
it's not just the receivers. It's the running backs. It's the quarterbacks. I'm starting to see cracks in the armor. I really uh, I am. think a lot of those cracks were created by the earthquake known as Matt Canada, which went in like a line. And here's the thing, like too. This is kind of like the same category of Sean McDermott. Do we blow this all up? Do we really blow this all up when we can fix it internally? And that's the answer the Steelers are going to have to make in the offseason. Well, I don't think they're going to make a coaching change. By all means, guys, guys, I do not think they're going to fire Mike Tomlin, nor do I really want them to. Why? What did you say earlier, Nick? Not really a good head coaching pull out there right now. No, it's not. I'll take um, Mike Tomlin over what else is out there. Sean, off the top of your head, can you tell me when Chuck Knoll was hired as head coach of the Steelers? 1969. Yes. And nice. since then, they've had how many head coaches? Thank you, Keith. Three. Exactly. But Can't why does that have to be the rule and not the exception? Because it's just the way the Steelers operate. If you want to point the finger at anybody, you point at the GM, who's new, and you give him another year, but the coach is not the fault. He's coached. Oh, I don't blame Omar Khan for this at all. Like, oh, I think Omar Khan did a great job in the draft and the offseason. Uh, injuries have been a problem, especially on defense. Kenny Pickett, like you said, can't. A right, hasn't but if you a need forward. a scapegoat, it's the guy that's new. It's not Mike Tomlin. He ain't going anywhere. I think and the seat, however, for the first time, honestly, for the first time in Mike Tomlin's career, I think the seat, the seat warmer has been turned on. It's 44 degrees in Pittsburgh. And the seat warmer has just been turned on for yeah, the first time. On rainy, low, the worst on low. Level one Bridget's is five. Bridget's least favorite weather, 44 and rainy. Hates it. She can't hear me. She's got a noise-canceling headphones on. <laughs> Smart move. It was 43 down here the other day, and that was cold. Oh, it was, uh, it's currently 41 here. All right, that wraps up our hot seat segment, which means I get to turn off these fantastic fire-inspired lights. Uh. Folks, we know what's next. <laughs> Katie hates it, and we're Let's 53 minutes into the podcast, so we're going to be pretty quick here. But it's <laughs> it's the game show that's sweeping the nation, swiffering the nation, stick vacuuming the, the nation. That's the gifts that I bought for some family this year. Battery powered, and this one doesn't even need a battery. It's running on pure adrenaline and energy. It you is bought your fiance not. a swiffer? No, I bought them. I bought stick vacuums for my sister oh. and my dad because they wanted them. Okay. It is time for America's favorite game show. They just don't know is their favorite game show yet. Who needs HQ trivia? Who needs Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy? Who needs Hollywood oh, yeah, Squares? <laughs> I Whenever I have them, though. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a documentary on HBO. You should check it out. Went down in a ball of fire. Uh, it's time for America's favorite game show. Better than all the aforementioned game shows. It is... Do you even know? You didn't know. Oh, and Sean presses the button and now we're struggling. I, did, I didn't. What Turn is this time? Sorry, it's so, perfectly guys, timed. Oh my God. It was perfectly disaster. timed. It was good for the energy. It was good. It was. Pure, pure adrenaline and energy. Sorry, this remote is controlling everything and I have like no control over. Like, it's just numbers. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And I don't know what those numbers represent. Uh, so I'm just pressing came buttons. came from Amazon. I have Open a, to a keep a well-lit treat. Uh, all right, Katie. Tonight's topic on the even now is <laughs> athletes, famous athletes in Christmas movies. Cool. Hey, are you a big fan of Christmas, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. I'm a bit of a Grinch. I'm trying to reclaim my childhood Katie. Christmas spirit. Katie. Guys, What's your favorite my Christmas last... movie? What's your favorite Christmas movie? Probably Elf. Yeah, That's a good, good one. Choice. Okay. Good yeah. Good choice. I've just had like a string of a few bad Christmases. Christmas Eye? What are they, what are they plural? 
Katie, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. But when I sing, it just makes people sad. I have a very bad singing voice. Aw. <laughs> well, I'll come to your defense and say you can sing whenever you want. I won't Thanks, Chris. I don't believe that, actually, Katie. I, I, I feel like you probably, like, secretly have a good singing voice. Are you, like, the mom in Elf who's singing Yeah, I was going to say, like... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> She's like, we all, work, we all work in media. Like, I feel like we we can carry a tune reasonably well. Oh, what fun. Maybe not next. No, that was me yeah. doing that impersonation. I can sing a little bit. Okay. All right, Katie. I kill it in karaoke, Sean. Ask Gabe. Brought the What's freaking house down to Backstreet Boys with Gabe. Go ahead. Uh, it was right. Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. And we brought the freaking house down. That's a good karaoke song. Tell me why. All right, <laughs> All right Katie. Uh, in the Christmas See? comedy titled Office Christmas Party, one of my favorites, do you even know which famous former Chicago Bull paid a visit to a party featuring T.J. Miller, Olivia Munn, and Jason Bateman? Scotty Pippen. It's oh, a good, good guess. guess, actually. That's a good guess. I'm going to give you one more guess because this Dennis movie Rodman. came out... <laughs> Another good guess. This <laughs> movie came out in like 2017. So this famous Chicago Bull is no longer a Chicago Bull. <laughs> former, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I gave my answers. All right, <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. It was Jimmy Butler showed up at the office. Oh, Christmas I love party. Jimmy Butler. His emo press day oh, pick is Butler, one of my yeah. favorite things that's Best. ever happened in the history of the NBA. I love how more people are embracing like their former or like the, their former emo-ness and embracing pop punk yes. music and it's making a comeback because that means I'm cool again. I'm officially For cool again. For some of us, guys. it never left. It was not a phase. I wish I had the picture of Sean and his black dyed hair in his dorm room. <laughs> okay, that, but that Sun wasn't an emo thing. On. That wasn't Sun an emo thing. On. May have been doing a duck phase. Uh, that wasn't an emo thing. That was just because... What was it? Uh, was, that, that, that was because I was shaving my head. Anyway. Love that. All right. Okay. Well, as somebody who shaves his head four or five days, every four or five days. All right. Uh, our guy Madden chimes in. Thanks for tuning in, by the way, Madden. Hope you're doing well. He said, Gridiron Christmas album win. That's a well, great mission. Look, we were inspired I by really the Philly specials. And so we're going to do our own Christmas album. Maybe we'll recruit some players like they did. Can't guarantee they'll yeah. be Eagles. They could be Cowboys. Don't know if Dak Prescott can sing. He is on top of my QB index. Somebody threw Baby some slurs at me on Twitter 20 minutes ago about outside. that. So there's your answer. There we go. Uh, all right, Katie. Oh, for one. No surprise. <laughs> on track. We're right on Katie. track. Do you even know? In the Christmas movie Scrooged, this Olympic gold medalist portrays herself playing Tiny Tim. Who was it? I haven't seen that movie. Me neither. <laughs> oh. Sounds very 90s or 80s. So it was, like, was, it was in the 80s and it was featuring, um, 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 oh geez, his name is drawing a blank. Why? Oh God. Bill Murray. Thank you. Bill Murray. Uh, featuring Bill Murray. Okay. He basically plays like a 1980s businessman, Scrooge, essentially. Uh, so think 1980s famous U.S. 
athletes, like big in the 80s. Like you would only know this person if you were alive in the 80s. I was alive in the 80s as a Canadian infant. I promise you I wasn't up on the, the United States Olympic athletes. You gotta guess. Um, okay. Um, like, do, no sport. We're just gonna say the Olympics. Is Gymnastics. I ah, see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have a pretend answer, you guys. <laughs> and as listeners will know, the Olympics are my strokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad I didn't get this one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> For reasons we Can we just pass on before. to the next question? She may or may not have the Olympic rings tattooed on her somewhere. The answer is Mary Lou Retton. 0 for 2 for the Canadian infant tonight. I thought she was famous enough. You know that. All right. John, we have have one more chat message here uh, from Lemon Bendy again. Bold move to lead with baby. It's cold outside. Well, if you know anything about Sean. I was thinking the same. He he loves to go down to the baritone, or should we say the baritone? Baritone. Oh, yes. Anyway, Katie, uh, do you even know? Which former MMA champ made an appearance as Santa Claus in Merry Christmas, Drake and Josh? (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna take some time to realize. John, I don't like to use my body very often on this podcast. I'm sure you're fine. Bridget's looking at me and telling me to be quiet. She gave me a death stare. You know that my record is like, like two and seventy-five on this game, and that's uh, what you go with. You didn't. Uh, you you haven't watched Drake and Josh. And I don't no. like MMA. All of violent sports right. like that make me deeply uncomfortable. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, look, Katie. Okay, in all fairness, like five minutes before the pod started, Nick was like, "I need, I, I oh, need a topic." Here we go. And I'm like. Dude, I don't know. I'm all Leave pissed off because the Steelers lost. I'm like, you just come up with it. He's like, I'm drawing a blank. I'm like, screw it. Christmas and athletes. Why not? The answer is Kimbo Slice. R.I.P. Oh, so the town I live in is named Kimberly, and we had a pizza place for a while called Kimbo Slice. It didn't didn't make it, but isn't that a great name for a pizza place in Kimberly, British Columbia? If I I ever open a pizza place, I will name that, although it won't have the same play. Hmm. Yeah. Kimbo was our town nickname, but I wouldn't have got there. I haven't seen uh, that movie. A bunch and... of Kimbos. Yes. All right. Anyways, well, that wraps up another rousing edition of. Steven, you know, another very case, strong performance. And You're in this welcome. case, Katie did not. No. We would fact. like to thank the Canadian infant for going over three valiant, valiantly. I swear, I can speak. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and pay far more attention to the Olympics as an infant baby in the 1980s. I'm sorry, guys. I think that's redundant. I think infant already defines baby. Anyway. (laughs) Speaking of babies, F1 ran in Vegas, and we talked about it last episode, which was ages ago. It's a terrible segue. Uh, (laughs) There is no connection. I just wanted to say it. You You know, hey, look. The podcast and Gridiron Podcast stands for humoring Sean, but somewhere in those lines in the logo, that's where we humor me, okay? Somewhere deep within the brackets around iron. Uh, 
look, let's make this quick. All right. The race was weeks ago, but for as much as we trashed the operation, which was fraught. There was another race after Vegas too. Like there, there was Vegas and then there was Abu Dhabi. Yes. But the Vegas race was actually pretty good. Yes. The race. Yes, yes. it was. Yeah. I Everything was, else was chaos, but the race was good. I was, yes. I was, I was surprised actually, because a, the track layout just looked boring and bad. Like how are they going to pass? Okay. On? There's nowhere to pass on this track. Uh, it had the second most overtakes of any race this season. So good on you, Vegas. It delivered on the glitz. It delivered on the glamour. My one hope is that just make it slightly more affordable. Like, make it slightly more affordable. Because make all it the way videos, more affordable. All the videos of people riding the escalators just to get a five-second glimpse and the stupid security guards yelling at people uh, crossing the foot traffic. Because, you know, you can shut down viewing of the race but you can't shut down all of vegas for the race which they didn't um and it, it, it was funny to see all that but at the same time make it affordable like let us come and see this race because that's just you're, you're gatekeeping a sport that americans want to see and i have a feeling that a lot of the audience either i mean i saw empty seats but at the same time it's just the one percent that can go see that race we want we as a country love racing. Let us go see this race. Um, but at the same time, I still can't get over uh, when Crofty ended the race with what happens or Verstappen's in Vegas stays in Vegas. Ah, that's great. That's that's well what done. I'll remember most. Verstappen's in Vegas stays in Vegas. We would like to take this opportunity to start the GoFundMe to get the Gridiron Podcast to the Vegas race next year, or the Miami race, or both. Miami. Like Miami has a sprint race next year, Nick. Oh, that makes it even more worth attending. All right, I'll see you. The answer is Miami. You guys are coming to Miami. End of discussion. My question is for you guys, because I have strong feelings about this, but with Vegas, with all the glitz and the glamour and the celebrity about all of it, what's the point of Miami now? Like, I, I get Coda. Money. Right, I know, but... They couldn't. Yeah, I I understand it's because of money, but when you look at it from like a pure racing perspective, if you're going to go to a race, you're going to go to Vegas now that that exists. I just I don't really understand the function of Miami anymore because the first race it was everyone who's anyone in the states showed up there, but now if you're going to do that, won't it be Vegas? Like I I don't really so, understand having Miami now that Vegas exists. Could be both. I guess, I guess I guess my answer uh, to that question, Katie, would be um, America's really really big, like. Big country, so like you know, if you're on the West Coast, you go to Vegas. If you're not on the West Coast, you can go to Austin. Then if you're on the East Coast, you can go to Miami. So it's like it's big. You know, there's other parts of the world outside of America, right? That was that was that was the most obnoxious way I could mansplain that. No, but really, I think I am Florida man. I am Florida man. You you think about Europe and how many races it has, and the options that Europeans have to travel to all those races. It's 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 easy. It's cheap. It's affordable. And it's quick. We don't have that luxury because we only have three races, even though our our country is bigger than the continent of Europe. So I think that's what like, the, the point of Miami is. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smartass. Ser- seriously, I, I think the point of sure? having these multiple races, eh, a little bit, I've always been a smartass. Uh, the point of having these multiple races is because we have the different venues. We have the glitz. We have the glamour now in Miami and in Vegas. It's 
It's different glitz and glamour, uh, as Nick will be able to attest when he goes to a uh, a Super Bowl in Vegas this year. After yeah. having done uh, and maybe, Miami. maybe, maybe, and maybe, 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 maybe. We're waiting she to find out the application. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to jinx All's it, Nick. Made. Well, that's why I said maybe. Because that absolves me of any chance. I might just I might just fly out and sleep on the couch. Who knows? Them's the rules. Um, I think that um, scheduling matters, Katie. Like I can't go to Vegas. It's in the NFL season, but I could go to Miami. It's in May. Um, and I think what Sean mansplained actually kind of does play a, a part in that. And plus, like one thing I'll explain to you that you probably don't quite understand, just because I don't know what Kimberly's like in relation to the Midwest, but people in Ohio. There are two great export towns for young women from the Northeast Ohio area, Nashville and Charlotte. And everybody in Ohio treats two destinations as their vacation spots, North and South Carolina, like Outer Banks, Myrtle Beach, or Florida. And so a lot of people will be very much looking forward to going to Miami because it's a trip to Florida. Oh, we're going to go through the cars, go really fast, like stuff like that. That's what it's going to be. That's, that's why people go to Florida for a race in May. So. I get it. And again, money, uh, more U.S. races. I feel like we're at our maximum. Let's not add a fourth, please. I, I think want one you more. should be maximum. <laughs> one, preferably, but I'll accept two. I can't yeah. accept three. All right, that's fair. Uh, one okay. One more. Let's move on from Vegas. It was weeks ago. Last thing on F1 before we close out this show. Sean has a reason to celebrate because the Florida man of the grid is confirmed to be back on the grid with Williams Racing in 2024. Logan Sargent, baby. Logan Sargent is back in a Williams seat. You always knew he was going to be. I don't want him no, racing under the Stars and Stripes next year. No, I want didn't. him racing <laughs> under the Florida State flag. I want him racing with an alligator on his helmet. I'm kidding. But it is nice to, to have him confirmed for next year and to, you know, be given the opportunity to showcase what he's got. Because I did see strong drives from him at times. It's not like he was, you know, Nicholas Latifi. Uh, but at the same time... I will not accept that on this podcast. I'm shutting that conversation down right now. Go on Kick about Logan Sargent. Kick him out of the courtroom, paralegal Katie. Anyway, you, just got, you, just got owned, you just got owned by a Canadian infant. <laughs> a baby just owned a you. Former a, baby. Canadian, a former baby paralegal infant Canadian. Uh, How does that feel? Hey, we have to agree. It, it's, it's good to see, you know, the stars and stripes on the grid. Um, it's good for the sport. It's good for the fan base here in the U.S. Um, and, and, I, and I don't know. I wanted to see more of what he had because there's other – up and coming drivers out there, but there's always going to be, and I feel like he still has more to prove. Uh, so I'm rooting for him. And his family yeah. has a lot of money. His family <laughs> has a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't get outraced by Alex Albon in nearly every race next year as he did this year. Yep, Sean's got nothing to say. I, got I don't have more. a lot of comments because yeah. you guys, you guys come to me like I'm like the like foremost expert in Logan Sargent. I just like seeing an American driver on the grid. You're a Florida Sorry. man. He's a Florida Katie man. Katie likes seeing Canadian drivers on the grid. I like seeing American no, I drivers don't. on the grid. Get Lance Stroll out of here. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> Would you rather have Lance Stroll or Nicholas Latifi? Nicholas Latifi. See, there you Strictly go. For the I, rest my I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> two Florida men walk into a bar. Across the bar is two Canadians. Katie hates all of them. No. 
That made me my, sound really hateful. I didn't mean that. I do like my, Lance Stroll and I cheer for him. I shouldn't have said that. I don't like Lawrence Stroll. We've gone over this. My interactions with Canadians at a bar start and stop at a club in Estonia where the Canadians cornered ah. me in a bathroom and were like, you're American? Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh my God, Sidney Crosby. Yep, he exists. Yeah. Cool, guys. Good talk. <laughs> that, was, that was a night. That and, was then every, a and, then night. Every, and then every time they saw me at the uh, club there on after, they said, Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. I'm like, yes, he exists. What, what do you want? Like, just cool. <laughs> All right, last segment of the day. Hate it or love it. Katie, what's your hate? Can we come back to me? I had one. I forgot it. Yeah, Sean, what's your hate? The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Why, right. Sean? What happened? Sean's usually the longest winded in this segment, but I'll take that as your start and finish of your hate. Uh, we've already talked about it. We don't need to go over it again. Enjoy your sleep with your team that has lost to two teams that it shouldn't have lost to. My hate is daylight savings time. It sucks that it mm. is getting dark early. Um, bottom line, that's it. Uh, that was like three weeks like, ago, Nick. 4.35 p.m. It's dark and it messes with my brain. That's my hate. Katie, what's your love? I still haven't re- remembered my hate. It'll come to me at like three in the morning. Um, but we just had a bunch of snow and then we had a bunch of rain and it washed all snow away and then it's fr- going to freeze and get all super dangerous and awful. And ugh, yeah, hate that. My love, um, I just started watching The Crown. Oh, God, is it good? I'm just about to finish season one and hate, not a big uh, fan of the royal family. I've never been a big fan of them. I don't get it. I find I have so many icky feelings about that, but I love all the tea. I love all the drama behind it. I think the acting is really amazing and just the costume design and the makeup and all of it I find just really interesting. And I keep having to pause the show to Google things like right, their yeah. relationship. It, like, and it's so cool how they've integrated things into the show. Like, I just think it's so brilliant. But yeah, I'm getting to watch that for the first time and I still have many seasons to go. And as soon as this post- podcast wraps up, I'm going to watch the end of the Canucks game and then watch like three more episodes of The Crown. It is so my good. Fa- oh. My favorite part, uh, one of them, uh, was I think it was the last season. This isn't a spoiler, but like they were talking of the, the Queen and Prince... Who is her husband? What was his name? Philip. Philip, yes. Philip. Who, uh, uh, oh, they're married. And they were talking, wait, Katie, wait till Diana comes into the picture. Oh I know, my I God, just live. wait till Diana comes into the picture. <gasps> I love And she's reading a tabloid and she's like, oh, I guess their marriage is taking a turn for the better. They're out on a yacht with Billy uh, Joel. And Philip <laughs> looks up and goes, Joel. What? Billy Joel. Uptown girl. Oh yes, Billy like, Joel. I have no idea what that means. I'm like, <laughs> and just the back and forth. No, I love that show too, Katie. Uh, what I love, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What I also love is Piano seeing, Man. Huh? Piano Man. You love Piano Man. I do love Piano Man. Uh, I love seeing. Oh, I am going to see Billy Joel actually here uh, in February. You mean Billy Paul Joel? Aaron's. Billy Joel, yes. Uh, him and Sting are doing a one-night-only concert here in Tampa. What? And that is Aaron's Christmas uh, present. That's a great yeah. gift. I know, right? Um, anyway, my love, aside from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I also hate, who I also love, I also hate, um, is 
I love those little moments in sports that remind you why you fell in love with sports in the first place. What was so yours last that week? What's up? Oh, I just said, what was yours that happened? I, I agree. I love that oh, too. Okay. So last week, uh, I went to a, a game, a hockey game here in Tampa. The Penguins were in town playing the Lightning. And of course, I'm decked out in, you know, black and gold and stuff. And the Penguins were winning three to two with time winding down. Bolts had an empty net. And all of a sudden, there's a shot on goal. Tristan Go Jari just corrals the puck. And as soon as he just corrals the puck, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, he's not going to. He and he does. He just launches the, the puck 211 feet down the ice. And as soon as it came off his stick, don't ask me how I knew, but sitting on the opposite end, staring right at that goal, I just knew it was going in. I'm like, oh my God. That, and as soon as it bounced on the ice for the first time, I was like, that's in. That is in. Me and every other Penguins fan in that arena started going nuts, absolutely nuts. Uh, my girlfriend sitting right next to me was like celebrating, but like she had no idea what just happened. She knew the Penguins had scored, but she didn't know like what had happened, who had scored and what that meant. That was the first goalie in Penguins history to score a goalie goal. It was. And that was the 17th goalie in NHL history to score a goal. It's those little moments that remind me why I got into this business in the first place, why I started this podcast in the first place with Nick just why I love what I do so much. And you kind of remember that when you fall asleep later that night and go, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I totally support that. I agree 100%. Uh, I have that moment at, at the Super Bowl every year. Right before kickoff, I get super emotional. And like, yeah, 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 I'm like, at the Super Bowl every year. Oh my <laughs> God, I'm at the Super Bowl. And it, I've been at three <laughs> Super Bowls, and every single one, I have the same reaction. I think, all right, this is the year I'll be fine. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've done it. And same thing every time. The groundswell of emotion. I hope you never off. lose that. No, you know That's what? So I, 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 that twinkle in my eye will always be there. Nick, back in Miami, I had the same exact feeling. And uh, hopefully, I know I know I'll be back at one eventually, but like I hope I don't lose that feeling as well. Because the, the camera flashes go off and you're just like, wow, this is yeah. Yeah, it's I've made it. Something else. It's something else. Hey, come here. No. Come here. She's yeah. not coming over here. I know what Nick's love is. My love is Bridget is back. Yay! Yay! She was gone for nearly four months, roughly 14 weeks. I went out there and saw her twice. She refuses to get out of her chair because she doesn't like to be on camera. She doesn't like to show up in, in the frame on this podcast, which I understand why. But after such a long time apart, it was euphoric to drive to the airport on Tuesday to pick her up. Aww. And I actually told her last night when we were sitting on the couch, I kept looking over to her and I was like, I have to keep looking at you because it's kind of feels like a dream that you're even here. She'd just been Aww. gone for so long. I was just like, oh my God, you're back. It's now, amazing. Now be honest, was her, was her reaction, shut up? No, she just smiled like one of those Aww. like smiles. So We love Bridget on this podcast. And she graduates next week. Big moment for her, big achievement. All right. Doctorate amazing. in physical therapy. So big time, big time. We love that for Bridget. And the superstar sitting over here who won't come on camera. So that's my love. Hmm. All right. That's it. That's episode 21. We came, we saw, we conquered. We learned that Katie, deep down, is a Canadian infant. <laughs> Sean, how do we end this? <laughs> Former baby, Katie Caldwell. <laughs> Former baby. For, for Nick Shook. Uh, for former Canadian infant baby Katie Caldwell, uh, I'm Sean Baird. This has been episode 21 of the Gridiron Podcast. Uh, I don't know. We'll see you next week, maybe, possibly. 
One quick Good final night, note. My Instagram profile header for- Guys like, always do this. <laughs> for like two years, the only thing I had is my Instagram bio was former baby. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Live life in the fast lane. We'll see ya. <laughs>